Section 6 of The Three Hours Agony of Our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michael Migliaccio. The Three Hours Agony of Our Lord Jesus Christ by Reverend Peter Gilday. The Fifth Word. I Thirst. John 19, 28. The dark, saddening shadows are rolling away from the face of the crucified Christ. The waters of desolation, which swept over his soul, as he felt himself forsaken by the Father of mercies, and left alone with the God of justice, now rush away from him with their work accomplished. The end is drawing near, and God and the world, Jesus and suffering, are about to take leave of each other in this last hour. The fearful torments he has undergone from last night in the Garden of Gethsemane, on those bitter hours to Calvary, the steady loss of almost every drop of his precious blood, his inward agony and distress, are now burning and consuming his whole frame with a thirst that is staggering. The intensity of his suffering grows now beyond all comprehension. No food has passed his lips, nor drink. No sleep has soothed his sorrow. No rest has strengthened him since they left the upper chamber yesternight to go to the garden of olives where judas betrayed him his strength was now gone beyond all recall water he craved to cool his fevered brow water to ease those congealing wounds water to assuage those burning lips water as a shipwrecked mariner lost upon the lonely wilderness of the sea water he wanted water as the traveller who is sinking down to die upon the merciless sands of the desert water to quench his thirst, water to alleviate this scorching pain. The burning sun of God's justice glared down upon him from heaven, drying up the very tears he shed for humanity's sake. But tell us, blessed Christ, are we to believe that it was bodily thirst alone which consumed thee and caused those agonizing words, I thirst? There across the valley of Hebron lay Bethlehem to the south of Calvary, lay as David once saw it in his thirst and broke out in prayer, Oh, that some man would get me a drink of water out of the cistern that is in Bethlehem, there by the gate. But was it bodily thirst alone, O Christ, like David's, which tossed thy soul in the throes of that living fire on the bed of death? Was it this heartbreaking thirst for water alone which caused thee this agony? Once before Christ has manifested his thirst. It was at the well of Jacob in Samaria, at the end of a long dusty day, and a sinful woman had quenched his parched lips. Now at the end of his life, at the close of his sufferings, he repeats those self-same words, I thirst, give me to drink. And Mary, who was standing by, Mary the sinless one, who has fed him at her breast in Bethlehem, cannot raise a hand to slacken his thirst. No one knows the heart of her divine son as she, no one realizes the profound mystery of that desolate cry as she, she knew those words represented something above and beyond their apparent meaning. She knew that they were his last words in that conflict with the world which began among the doctors at Jerusalem twenty years ago. Her mother's heart heard the significance of that cry and responded to it by remaining perfectly still. The soldiers around her could not understand, and while one of them fastened a sponge to a reed and filled it with vinegar and placed it to his lips, Mary, who alone understood why he tasted it and refused to drink, gazed steadily upon her dying son and prayed to the Almighty Father to carry him past this last milestone in a life of agony. 
whilst the blessed christ lived he had opposed the world with all its works and pomps he had condemned its excesses he had scourged its hypocrisy he had flayed its failings the divine master never mentioned its name without betraying those secret emotions which manifest themselves in his burning anathemas his sacred heart is full of divine indignation it overflows it breaks at the mere thought of all the evil in the world he looks out from calvary in these last dreadful hours and sees his children and mary's children wrestling not with visible flesh and blood but against invisible principalities and powers against the rulers of the world of darkness against the spirit of wickedness in high places concupiscence of the flesh concupiscence of the eyes and the pride of life encompass them there are perils and temptations to the right perils and temptations to the left on the narrow road that leads to calvary persecutions against his divine spouse dangers of wealth and dangers of poverty heresies of all kinds moral and intellectual rationalistic sentiments superstition and spiritism satanism fanaticism and indifference lies scandals blasphemies and impurities oh god what a world of horrors it is and in this last hour he hangs upon the cross to redeem that world the world knew he was conquering satan had been driven back from calvary's hill into hell for christ had won the victory over death and over sin but the world would part from him as from an enemy and the world brought him vinegar to drink the vinegar of bitterness the vinegar of the souls it would seduce from that day to the end of time ah yes sweet jesus the world was nothing else to offer ah yes sweet jesus the world has nothing else to offer thee in thy thirst but the vinegar of its pleasures the gall of its cruelty the hyssop of its indifference and the wormwood of its sins but it cannot silence those echoing words i thirst they were heard that day around the world and every christian knows now that it was thy love for sinners thy love for their salvation which caused thee this parching thirst upon the cross it was this thirst this thirst for the hearts of men which induced thee to assume human flesh thirty-three years before it was this thirsting love for our wretched soul with all their cowardice and weakness which made thee undergo those years of poverty of misery and of suffering how often o lord have we not offered thee gall and vinegar in the place of the love we owe thee o god let a change come into our lives at this dread hour as the heart panteth after the fountains of water so let my soul pant after thee my soul hath thirsted after the strong living god o when shall i come to appear before his face blessed and loving lord let thy tears be my bread day and night i long to quench thy thirst with this poor broken vessel of a heart but there is no water in this barren dry land of my soul it is arid o god as the desert it is hard as the nether millstone of life it is cold as the snows in winter it is blind as the feet of the lame it is sordid as the money changers in the temple it is sinful as the streets of sodom create a clean heart of living water in me o god keep me not in suspense o divine lord and take not vengeance on my past iniquities by hiding thy thirsting heart from me punish me not for the bitter gall and vinegar of my sins which i have so often put to thy sacred lips thy thirst for my soul alone can heal me purify my heart and i shall be wholly thine and thou wholly mine for eternity give me to drink of the living waters of thy love i long to quench thy thirst with my whole being 
I long for the fountains of eternal life. O God, my heart asks it of thee, it cries to thee. May there spring up in my soul a fountain of living water, which may flow from my heart till it reach thee on Calvary, eternal and everlasting God. My longing is ever for thee. My love seeketh after thee. Let all else be hateful to me, but the blood and water which flow from thy sacred heart. My love from henceforth belongs to thee, that thou mayest satisfy the thirst which thou hast for me and for my salvation. O water of the joys to come, water of the crosses and tribulations to be suffered in memory of him, waters of desires that are pure, of acts that are chaste in the sight of God, pour thy healing stream upon me, that the thirst of my Lord and my God may find its solace in the love I shall cherish from this day forward for him and for him alone. End of section 6